this is Tony Lloyd. Being a broadcaster for many years, I've witnessed some great stories in the music industry. And now I want to bring as many music stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. My goal is that they will inspire others making their way in the music world. Music Stories with Tony Lloyd. Fleur East, welcome. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. Um, I didn't really know. I've done a bit of research on you and I've run out of paper. I don't really know, <laughs> I don't really know where to start with your career because it's so full. Um, <laughs> so we'll just do the important bits. But the most important bit is um, you've got a new single out called Count the Ways. Yes. Which I've listened to. It's fantastic. Should I have a quick listen now? Yeah. Hang on. I think I might be able to do it. Bit of funky piano at the beginning. It's wonderful. Here we go. Fleur is dancing now on Zoom. You have to see this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come on to dancing a bit later on, shall we? Yeah. Sprinkle all your magic love dust on me. Drizzle all your funky love lust on me. Made me think you saved your love just for me. You hurt me so good, hurt me so good. Oh, kind of wish I would have seen it coming. I really like that, and I'm just saying that because you're you're here. But I really like that song; uh, it's oh, fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, how did it come about? Um, I was in the studio session with Matt Prime, mm-hmm. who produced it, and I was sitting there. And for a while, I'd written down "Count the Ways" because I'd yeah. seen this sonnet, Sonnet Forty Three, by Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Okay. And the opening line is, "How do I love thee? Let me count the ways." And I always loved that as a concept. I was like mm-hmm. counting the ways about somebody, about somebody you've been in a relationship with. But then I decided to flip it and count the ways that somebody had broken my heart. So it's an upbeat breakup song, really. Oh dear. Should I yeah. ask? Should I should I ask more <laughs> questions on that level? <laughs> Probably not. You can. You can delve in. Delve, delve, delve. So, yeah, most most songwriters uh, are influenced, aren't they, by uh, personal experiences and so on. And uh, there's nothing like writing a song after a breakup. Mm, That's the thing. And although at the moment I am happily married, I've been with my partner now for 13 years, but no one ever forgets their first heartbreak. No one ever forgets it. And so I went back to that. Okay. And dug deep, and uh, yeah, it's uh, real emotions. <laughs> well, uh, long may your marriage continue. It's Marce- Thank you. <laughs> Marcel, isn't it? Yes, Marcel. Thank, thank heavens for that. I could have got the name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Awkward. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> okay, so let's have a look. That's great. Let's have a look at uh, a bit of your history that I've uh, had a look. You were born on the same day as my son. On, oh, really? On the 29th of October. And uh, in Walthamstow, which is the same uh, county, a borough, borough of Enfield, isn't it? Yeah, Waltham Forest. I was, mm. I was born in Enfield Town. Oh, were you? So that's not far at all. No, just a bit further north, north, mm. north London. Yeah, and it says here that um, you're into R and B, hip hop, soul, pop, dance. Uh, you're a rapper. A radio presenter at Hits Radio, and I know you've just come off the air for, for doing that as well. Yes. Um, we'll talk about X Factor. We'll talk about uh, Simon Cowell. We'll talk about Strictly. 
Uh, see what I mean? You're just such a busy girl, aren't you? <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot happening there. Yeah. There is. Okay. Well, let's start with the the earliest stuff then, that I could find. Um, you were in a, a band called Active Ladies, weren't you? <laughs> and- <laughs> I wish it was Active Addictive Ladies. <laughs> is it addictive? Um, active probably would have been a better name. Actually, oh, oh it's a fair. typo on my notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It? Addictive Ladies with no e on the end. Yeah. Because we were cool. And that, and that, um, 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 were they successful before you went on X Factor? No, it was just me and my best friends from school. We just, we used to go to an after school club in Walthamstow. We used to sing and we used to write songs and we'd known each other since nursery and we decided to form this group. And, and then one day we were all sitting in our rehearsals. We used to meet up every day after school and we were sitting there one day and we were like, should we just... Should we just go and audition for The X Factor? Yeah, let's just go and see what feedback we get. Mm. We just wanted to know if we were any good, to be honest. Mm. That's why we went along. And then we ended up getting all the way to the live show. Um, we were eliminated week one, but we got all the way through to the live shows, and it was it was pretty cool. Excellent. And great experience for you as well because, you know, a big audience and what have you in the theatre. Yeah, and we were we were only sixteen, so I mean, it was it was an amazing experience at that age. And I didn't take it too seriously; like, I didn't take it to heart at all. I was just amazed that we'd even got through all those auditions and and got the chance to be on the actual TV show. And mm. as a sixteen year old, it was incredible because we were living in the X Factor house. It was the year that Shane Ward won, so he was in the house with us, Brenda Edwards mother of Jamal Edwards, founder of SPTV, who sadly recently passed away. Um, and I've still kept in touch with her. And I'm still in touch with a lot of people that, that I did that. <laughs> like, like a little club. Um, yeah. And were you writing your, your own material back then when you were 16? Yes. Yeah. I was writing songs from, wow, a young age, from, yeah, the age of 12. I used to always write. I had a notepad and I'd always write poems and I'd write songs and... I loved English literature and English language at school, and I just always loved to write. And what did you do before uh, the group? Did you, you know, when you were young, did you did you sing for people? Did you do pubs or anything like that? Were you allowed uh, to at 16? Ah, uh, well, I was too young <laughs> to kind of really gig, but I was always singing, always singing at home. Mm. And any time we had dinner with the family, I had to do the obligatory performance to all the family and it used to fill me with so much anxiety as a kid because if I, if the family were coming around I knew at some point I had to sing for everybody and I was not this confident kid who was always showing off and performing in front of everyone I was actually very shy I used to just sing to myself in my room and it was my parents that used to really encourage me to get in front of everybody and that was sort of like my confidence building exercise was singing in front of everyone at dinner and it got a little bit easier each time. And then eventually I could sing in front of strangers and then I yeah, grew in confidence from there. So it was, it was your parents that really um, trained you up, I suppose, to, to sing in front of people. Yeah, they did. They could, they saw from a very young age, they bought me a keyboard at the age of three and I used to sit in the living room and I used to make up songs on this keyboard and they saw from so young that I had this 
ear for music. I used to sing along to the radio, to their records, and they were just like, she's singing in tune. Like, she, she can't <laughs> even really speak yet. This is crazy. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was just naturally, naturally in me. It was just a gift that I always had. So um, in um, 2015, you signed up with Psycho, Simon uh, Cowell's company, didn't you? Yeah. So he, he he obviously must have been impressed with you on X Factor and then grabbed you. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. When I did it the second time around, 10 years later, um, I didn't really know what to expect. I just, at that point, I'd had so much experience in the industry and I just knew I needed a platform. I was like, I just need to be in the right place at the right time. I've got all the skills under my belt. I just need someone to give me a chance. And got all the way to the final two. I didn't win the X Factor. So after the final, I remember meeting loads of people and they were going, this is good. This is good you haven't won. It's less pressure. This is brilliant. And none of that was sinking in because obviously with my competitive nature, I was like, what do you mean? I haven't won. You're trying to tell me this is a good thing. Mm. That doesn't make any sense. Um, And then a few months later, it was just before I did the X Factor tour and I got a phone call from Simon Cowell and he said, you know, I want to sign you to my, to my label. And I was amazed because coming runner up, there was nothing guaranteed for me. Mm. I didn't really know what was going to happen. Mm. Um, and yeah. And then I got signed up and, and started recording. Amazing. And what was it like to work for Simon Cowell? It was really cool actually, because when I came into the X Factor, like I said, I had so much experience by that point that I knew who I was and I knew my identity as an artist. And so a lot of the work I did with him was very much a collaboration. You hear a lot of stories of people who've been on shows like The X Factor and they get told what to do and who to be and what to sing. And my experience was very different Mm. because Simon knew that I had a real clear sense of identity and he knew that I'd been in the game for a while. Mm. So he would ask me, what do you want to do? How do you want to sing? What do you want to wear? I was wearing my... My husband's a clothing designer. I was wearing some of his pieces while I was on the X Factor, you know, as a contestant. And, you know, the stylists were working with me. And I remember I performed at the final in Wembley. And, you know, my creative for one of my songs was used. Like I came up to Simon and I went, I've got this vision and it needs to be like this. And I want flags and I want it to be like an army and I want us to come out. And, and he was like, okay, we'll do that. And spoke to the creative director, Brian Friedman, and he brought my vision to life. So from the beginning, he was always working with me. And so I made it clear that I wanted to write my own songs. I selected the the photo that was used for the artwork cover for my album. And I was very clear with what I wanted and he worked with me. That's really good. And interesting as well, because as you say, you know, X Factor has got this uh, negative side to its reputation, hasn't mm. it? You know, and, and and also people in the music industry, old fuddy-duddies in the music industry, say, oh, X Factor, it's not real music, it's all manufactured mm. and so on. Um, what, what would you say to those people? I just think that there's so many ways to get into the industry. And I think that while there are groups that have been manufactured and artists that have been, I mean, that happens in the industry in shows like the X Factor and comp- outside of shows like the X Factor. Yeah. I mean, that's been happening since the beginning of, of time. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think there's this misconception that whoever's come from a show like that has had no prior experience. 
um, has no real talent, like it's all just been fabricated. But majority of the people that have gone on that show, like me, for example, they've been in the industry for years. Like I was signed to an independent label. I was singing, I was touring up and down the country. I was the lead vocalist for DJ Fresh for two years. I toured the world with him. I was writing, I was recording. I was doing backing vocals for Rita Ora, for Rizzle Kicks, for Miss Dynamite. I did a lot. Like I, I paid my dues before anyone saw me on the X Factor. So, you know, whether I'd been signed outside of a show like that or whether I was discovered on the X Factor, to me, it doesn't really make any difference whatsoever. Mm. It's just a different platform. I like a lot of the uh, manufactured, if that's the right word, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, groups. Yeah, like, I mean, going back, the Monkeys, for example, you know, well, there you all, go. Those mm. song, all their songs were written, most of them by Neil Diamond. Um, and I love all the... <laughs> I love all the monkeys old stuff and S Club Seven, for example, for television yeah. and, so, and so on. You know, and I, I love that. I love it. We've interviewed Joe several times here on, oh, yeah, on Music Stories. Yeah, so, amazing singer. Yeah, and they they just reformed for a tour, haven't they? You know, so yeah, it's all exciting stuff. Anything could happen in the music industry, as you know, as you know. All right, tell me about um, Strictly <laughs> last year and Vito. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What was it like to dance with Vito? Oh, Strictly was the most amazing experience. And I, I mean, I had no clue what it was going to be like, to be honest. I always said for years, people were like, surely they've asked you to do Strictly. And I was like, no, I've never been asked. And they were like, no, come on. I was like, no, seriously, I've never been asked. And then last year I got approached by the team and I didn't jump at the chance initially. I, I seriously considered it. I was like, okay, this is going to be an intense experience. Mm. This is going to be a lot of training. This is something I haven't done, I haven't done before. Although I'm a singer and I'm a performer, I never went to stage school. I've not been technically trained as a dancer. Like all my performance skills, I kind of picked up on the job and just from natural rhythm that my parents blessed me with, I guess. But I'd never pointed a toe before. I'd never done partner dancing or knew how to spin or do anything like that. So for me, it was very much outside my comfort zone. So I was dubious. And, you know, my sister reminded me that it was my father's favourite show and he passed away in 2020. As soon as my sister reminded me of that, from that moment, it was a no-brainer. And I just knew that I had to do it because my father would have loved to see me do it. And I knew that my partner, whoever it was going to be, was essentially going to be my entire experience. So I was praying for a good partner. I was like, please, (laughs) can it just be someone who's got the same sense of humor as me? Someone who doesn't take themselves seriously? Someone who's ambitious, who wants to really work hard? And the moment I met Vito, and he'll say the same, the minute we, we met, it was just, we clicked instantly. We had the same personality, really similar, very childlike in our man- in our mannerisms, the way that we work, the way we play. It's just, we're just two big kids. And we became brother and sister instantly. And and at the end of the show, he sort of said to me, a partner, you'll never get rid of me. And I was like, oh yeah, everyone says that, you know, are you going to keep in touch or whatever? I spoke to him every day over Christmas, FaceTimed in the new year, got back with him on the Strictly tour. He danced with me at my own headline show on the 16th of March at Union Chapel. And he's just become part of the family. He's, you know, going for shopping trips with my husband, completely separate to me. He genuinely is like a brother now. 
And people say all these cheesy things all the time of, oh, you know, friends for life and things like that. But I think when you do meet someone that has the same outlook on life as you and I don't know, just has a similar way about them, no matter where you meet them, you're going to click. It doesn't matter if it's on a TV show or, or just in regular everyday life. So I was just very fortunate. We were very lucky that that we got on so well because our experience was just so much fun. Like we loved it. That's amazing. And of course, you're doing all sorts of um, intimate uh, moves and holds and yes. stuff like that you know, for a long time. <laughs> uh, so did you find that embarrassing? How did you get over the embarrassment if you did? Well, this is the thing. I always think that it would be more embarrassing if you actually had a thing for your partner. Oh. I think that'd be more embarrassing because you'd be on TV in front of millions and you'd have to try and hide your emotions and your feelings and your lust for this person. But for me, because he was like a little brother, it, I didn't feel awkward at all. It was almost just like acting. Yeah. It was like there was no feeling behind that whatsoever. So it was easier in a sense because we were just like, right, we've got to turn on the performance. And because I'm a singer and that's what I do, mm. that was in my nature. And of course, for him as a dancer, that's what they have to do. So it was just natural. Like, you know, he'd be burping in my face and then we'd go and do an Argentine tango. And that was just the, the nature of our of our relationship. You must have had to be really fit. And because some of the moves that you did uh, were, were incredible, you know. I mean, I I couldn't even think about doing some of the stuff that you did at all, you know, even when I was younger. Uh, you know, did you have to go to the gym and make yourself fit or anything for Strictly? Well, I've always been into fitness, like really passionately, actually. And I've even got a level three qualification um, for personal training and I've always done it. I've always been in the gym. I've always exercised or done some sort of sport or something to keep active. So I already had the stamina. But the problem is I found that I started up in my game before Strictly Naturally because I was like, you know, I need to be really fit for this. This is going to be really taxing. So I started up in my gym session and getting really fit as soon as I got into the rehearsal studio with Vito I found that all the training I've been doing in the gym was completely counterproductive to dance because you need your body to be really supple your muscles to be really flexible and you need to be loose and all the gym training I've been doing had tightened my muscles I was very stiff it was like the complete opposite so I had to just let go of all of that instantly and start stretching probably for like an hour a day i was stretching a lot and abandoned the gym because we were dancing like 10 hours a day so it didn't was impossible to to mm. do anything else yeah. <laughs> on top of that didn't need a gym no and what was it like dancing at blackpool oh the most magical experience i think of my whole time on strictly it was amazing because I remember before we did that, it was our couple's choice and it's where you can go off book and you don't have to do any Latin or ballroom. Didn't have to point a toe or worry about where my hand was or anything like that. I could do sort of more what I'm used to doing as a singer. And we worked with Beth Honan, the choreographer, who funnily enough, I'd worked with on the X Factor tour years ago. And I just said to her, the brief is Super Bowl. Like we're thinking Beyonce, J-Lo, Super Bowl level. That that's what I want. She was like, okay, I get it. And she she really 
took the brief and she ran with it. We had wind machines, we had smoke, we had, you know, everything the Strictly Budget allows you to do. And Blackpool was the perfect place to do it. And then we got the first perfect score of the series and we were just on cloud nine. And I will never, ever forget that moment. And, you know, the comments from the judges saying, you know, throughout the history of Strictly, you know, this, this dance will go down in history. And for me, that's the most important thing. You know, I didn't, to win would be amazing, but for me, it's all about creating moments and and being remembered. And I remember being on X Factor and Uptown Funk was that moment for me. And, you know, and it, when I was in the jungle, that silly song I wrote about, I like my bum, I like my thighs, that became the moment for that. <laughs> and then on Strictly, Blackpool was, was my moment. And I, that's all I ever want to do is just make my mark wherever I go rather than be the winner. You probably heard uh, my wife Emma and I uh, cheering you on um, throughout <laughs> because we really were, you know, with the, you were you were our you were our uh, you were our, as, as Brucey used to say, you're my favourite. No, oh, <laughs> and uh, we were we were both uh, cheering you on and um, shouting at the television and what have you. It was amazing, oh, very thank you. oh very entertaining, <laughs> which is what it's all about, isn't it? You know, yeah. And you survived four dance offs. Yes. <laughs> Sorry to bring that up. Did, was that really stressful? It must have been. Yeah, because when I did the X Factor, I was never in the bottom two. I didn't have to do a sing-off, the dreaded sing-off experience. So although I'd been through a competition format, I'd never had that element of it. So I remember being in the bottom and thinking, oh, my goodness, what does this mean? Um it was really hard the first time because you immediately think, oh my gosh, nobody's voted for me. Nobody likes me. What am I doing wrong? Um, what do I have to change? What What are people saying about me? What are they think? You know, you go through this whole spiral. Mm -hmm. And then I had to have a word with myself and I was like, look, this is an entertainment show. People are voting for who they like. They're not voting to kick you out of the show. Mm -hmm. So rather than think of it as people are hating me, it was just like, you know, maybe they just wanted to vote for someone else that week. And, you know, there's loads yeah. of people here who are, who are very likable and who are extremely talented. And, you know, if it's got to be me in the dance of then it's got to be me. Well, they might um, just, they might just, uh, you know, it probably wasn't anything personal if they'd. No, uh, exactly. You know, they would just prefer the different dance perhaps. Well, this is it. There's so many elements and so many reasons to why people vote. But I mean, through all of that, it was, um, it was amazing to go through that challenge and I built so much resilience and by my fourth dance off, <laughs> I just saw it as an opportunity to dance again yeah. because you work so hard all week to do this one dance and it's like one minute, 30 seconds and it's over. So, I mean, the plus side of being in a dance off is you get to do it again. Mm. And after you've received all the comments and the feedback, so you get to do it even better mm. than the first time. So that was, <laughs> that was the positive that I took from that. You're a very positive person, aren't you? Yeah, that's my, my default mode. <laughs> that's good. Is uh, <laughs> being positive. Yeah. Right. Um, I've always been that way. You may, you, we may not have time for you to answer this question, but what's next in your career? <laughs> um, well, my father always encouraged me and my sister to explore all our passions. And he always used to say to me at the dinner table, you can never have too many strings to your bow. And I think I've literally followed that, that advice <laughs> to the bitter end. I mean, I'd sing, I do my music. Um, I perform, I gig, I 
take part in fitness. You know, I've got a fitness program out. Um, I present on TV. I do a radio show. There's so many things. I've even done acting. Like there's so many things that I enjoy and I, I'm passionate about that I'll keep exploring. I've always said while I still love it and while I've got the energy for it, hmm. then I'll just I'll just keep going. And so it'll be more music, more releases this year. Um, I'll still be on Hits Radio every morning, uh, presenting on TV. And I mean, who knows? Who knows what else? Well, I'll tell you what, we'll have to have another catch up, say in six months time or a year's time and, yes. and have, a, have a recap, you know, to, to find out what amazing things you've been up to in that period. That's brilliant. Um, so your new single is out and available now. It's called Count the Ways, uh, which is brilliant. We played a little bit earlier on. Um, all the information about you, Fleur, is on your website, fleur-east.com including how to get hold of uh, the music and the videos and everything else. Uh, and we'll put um, your website on the text that goes with uh, this episode as well. Um, so thank you so much for talking to me. You've been, you've been amazing and fascinating at the same time. Very entertaining. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on. Tony Lloyd, creating audio and film worldwide. <laughs>